Brought to you by PrayLatin.com, makers of prayer cards featuring complete English phonetic renderings of Latin pronunciations. My original plan for today was to bring you two separate and seemingly unrelated stories that show what it is we're really up against in the battle to restore the faith in the church. Then the story developed, and it changed dramatically, literally minutes after YouTube accepted the upload of the video I had originally made for you. Such is how life works sometimes. But that story changed, and it did change dramatically. So, today I'm going to present to you the story of a courageous priest who is now facing the ire of one of the vipers and miters in the church in America. And he is facing his ire because the priest spoke the truth, and he did so very publicly. Let's get into this. The story is that of Father Anthony Buss, a Novus Ordo priest in the Archdiocese of Chicago. He wrote a letter to his bishop, Bishop Lombardo, who is the auxiliary bishop who serves under Cardinal Supich and oversees certain portions of the diocese for the cardinal. Father Buss wrote a very public letter denouncing the attacks on reverence in the Mass and points out the obvious errors that Cardinal Supich made when he recently issued a decree banning Ad Orientum worship. Supich claimed that the Second Vatican Council eliminated Ad Orientum worship in the documents of the Council. That's nonsense on stilts, to borrow Jeremy Bentham's famous phrase, and Father Buss was happy to point out the error, and he did so in a very, very public letter, which I have for you. Now, I normally don't have as many letters from priests and theologians and the rest as I have had as of late on my channel, but the times are getting odd, and there's a lot of that activity lately, and frankly, it's all just things that most people need to hear, so that's why I present them to you. And to that end, I have for you the first letter that got the priest in trouble, and I'll have his follow-up letter for you after, immediately afterwards. Please keep the priest in your prayers. Here is that first letter. Father Anthony Buss, C.R., Pastor of St. Stanislaus Koska, letter to Bishop Robert Lombardo on Ad Orientum Mass, dated January 13th, 2022. Dear Bishop Lombardo, Thank you for consulting the Archbishop regarding my request for permission to offer the Holy Sacrifice at Orientum. I will comply with his directive that this is forbidden in his archdiocese. Even so, the Archbishop does not provide evidence that Ad Orientum was abrogated at the Second Vatican Council. As I read Sacrosanctum Concilium and the Roman Missal, the implication is Ad Orientum was not abolished or prohibited. On the contrary, liturgists, prelates, priests, and religious had a glorious time after the Council, taking liberties to change the face of the Church. I recall as a young teenager in Florida when a priest from Chicago came to our beautiful parish as its new pastor. He right away, quote-unquote, renovated the church into what looked more Baptist than Catholic. In those days, Baptists had strange notions of the Catholic faith, but they loved our beautiful churches. I think they were as shocked as we were at what became of our parish church. As a teenager, the church I loved very much turned upside down and, through my young mind, lost all relevancy. It seemed to just disappear. Like so many others, I turned away from the faith, even though I had always felt a deep-seated call to the priesthood. My return to the faith only came years later, and that's a whole other story. As I mentioned in a previous email to you, even though I intuitively knew by the grace of God that something's been amiss in the reform of the sacred liturgy, the depth and richness in the writings of Pope Benedict and Cardinal Seurat became for me the key that unlocked the mystery of the Holy Sacrifice and the mystery of the ministerial priesthood in Persona Christi. I believe their writings and expositions hold the key to the reform of the sacred liturgy and the priesthood. It is no wonder why the young are drawn to those who hold to sacred tradition in worship and in life. If the church's agenda is to Protestantism or make herself acceptable to the world, she's been effective, and thus one can explain in part the mass apostasy from the Catholic faith on the part of priests, religious, and laity alike. 
The faith of the ancients of old is discarded for what has been called moral therapeutic deism. One doesn't need the Church of Christ. It's just about feeling good. Again, as I've suggested in previous emails to you, there's a point when the constant chiding of the Holy Father that we are demented, rigid, or hiding some sickness because we hold to what has been handed down to us, wanting to remain Catholic in solidarity with our ancestors who heroically and courageously defended the faith in times of persecution, cause us to turn a deaf ear to his exhortations. In reality, we can't help but listen because he is the successor of Peter. Indeed, we are passing through a time of persecution. Do we go the way of Jesus Christ, or do we accommodate and compromise our faith in deference to the world? The Holy Mass is the renewal of our fiat, a renewal of our covenant with the Lord and his mystical body. Therefore, our primary participation in the Holy Mass and the renewal of our sacred covenant to the Lord is that we offer ourselves a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God our spiritual worship. Quoting St. Paul, We do this in union with the sacrifice of Jesus. For Jesus, through Jesus, and in Jesus, to the glory of the Father, the sacred mysteries offered ad orientum facilitates this so beautifully in preparation for Holy Communion, and always in anticipation of the Lord's coming at the end of all things. Forgive me, Bishop Lombardo, if I'm sharing with you things you already know. I just need to unburden my heart of the pain I feel at what is happening in the Church. Many faithful Catholics are being cruelly demoralized, thrown into confusion, which is something the Pope admittedly takes joy in, and are purposely being pushed to the fringe. There will be no place for our voices in the so-called synod of synodality. This is something we know for certain. I don't mean to be offensive, but my words come from a place of having been offended over and over again for far too long. I speak for many because I listen to many who are away from the faith or trying to hold to the faith. These are strange times, no doubt. I entrust us all to the benevolent and gracious love of the Blessed Virgin Mary. She is not frozen in the pages of sacred scripture and continues to fulfill the word of God, a prophetic presence for the time in which we live. Again, as always, thank you for hearing me out. Be assured of my prayers for you and for all who hold the lofty office of successors of the apostles, governing, sanctifying, and prophetically leading the Lord's flock entrusted to the care of their pastors. As Pope Benedict said, the false deities will be unmasked through the suffering faith of simple believers. Pope Francis said he wants not a new church, but a different church. The church is Christ's church. One wonders what he means by this, or why his mercy is shown to some while disdain is shown to others. I don't mean to end on a sour note, but I can't resist this. The church is in need of renewal and reform in every generation, as the council states. Perhaps the surprise of the spirit will undo the harm that's been done and bring us back to our identity as members of the mystical body of Christ, as opposed to mere global citizens where man and women are the central protagonists of, the, of an unfolding Novus Ordo Seclorum. The governments and corporate elites of the world, along with the Pope and some prelates, are quite open to accepting this frightening reality. Perhaps this will hasten the coming of the Lord. Again, thanks for hearing me out, Bishop Lombardo. I do appreciate it. God bless you always. Signed, Father Anthony. Now that's an amazing letter, wasn't it? I mean, he's not wrong about much of anything there. I remember when I read it initially, that I predicted to myself that he would become the target of Cardinal Supich and would face his wrath. Well, that prediction came to pass much faster than I anticipated. Cardinal Supich has ordered him to essentially apologize publicly and to go reflect on his priesthood for 10 days or so at a retreat center. And if I had to guess, some re-education will happen while he is on retreat as well. Keep the priest in your prayers because he's going to need it. Here's his second letter that he wrote, probably at the insistence of the Cardinal Archbishop of Chicago. Note the differences between the two. Dated January 17th, 2022. Dear parishioners and friends of State Stanislaus Koska, I write with a deep-felt sorrow that my letter to Bishop Lombardo dated January 13th, 2022, was interpreted by social media as though I was being unjustly critical of 
disrespectful to or lambasting the Holy Father, the Cardinal Archbishop of Chicago, or Bishop Lombardo. As was stated to me, the letter verges on a violation of Canon 1373. Quote, A person who publicly incites among subjects animosities or hatred against the apostolic see or an ordinary because of some act of power or ecclesiastical ministry or provokes subjects to disobey them is to be punished by an interdict or other just penalties. End quote. Also, Canon 1369, quote, A person who in public show or speech in published writing or in other uses of instruments of social communication, utters blasphemy, gravely injures good morals, expresses insults or excites hatred or contempt against religion or the church is to be punished with a just penalty. End quote. If my letter was interpreted by some as a violation of Canon 1373 or Canon 1369, I can assure all of you this was not my intent. I wrote for love of the church to whom I have given my life. I've always acted for love of God, and I have the deepest regard for the papacy and the prelates of the church. As a priest, I am bound to the Lord in service to his mystical body. As a priest, as with all popes, prelates, priests, and deacons, I am not above challenge. I regret the letter was interpreted as a near violation of the canons stated above. I wish to state clearly that I have always held in high regard the documents of the Second Vatican Council and the ecclesial authority of the church. I do not wish to add to any further division in the church. I do, however, feel the body of Christ is broken, and I felt before Almighty God and the Blessed Virgin Mary I had acted in a manner to assist in its healing. Soon I will go into retreat for about ten days and reflect on my priesthood. I will be praying for all of you and the church universal. I will always safeguard the peace and tranquility of our worship here at St. Stanislaus Kolska Parish, the people entrusted to my care and whom I love dearly. Sincerely in Christ Jesus and the Blessed Virgin Mary, Father Anthony Buss, C.R., Pastor. Now, I know that some people will want to exoriate the priest for what he said in the second letter. I will not be doing that. Instead, pray for the priest. I can't even imagine the pressure he's under. And remember, a month or so ago, I reported that the Holy See, via its diocesan offices, was going to be having observers in parishes where the priest and lady were suspected of having schismatic, rigid tendencies. I think we have confirmation of that in this case, or at the very least, by the fact that his letter went viral online and caused a bit of a stir on social media when it was initially released. So again, keep him in your prayers, please. I'll keep you up to date on the story as it develops. I'll remind you in closing that this isn't the first priest in Chicago to get in trouble for having an orthodox attitude. Do you remember Father Kalchik and how he was threatened with being sent to a special facility for exposing and destroying illicit items found in his rectory attic from a previous priest who had Cardinal Bernadin and James Martin tendencies. We know that this isn't anything new, sadly, and Father Kalchik fled and is in hiding somewhere for his trouble. His example almost certainly looms over all the other priests in that archdiocese, including Father Buss, so if you can find a way to support the good priest, do so. And you can do so first by starting with your prayers, and then keeping an eye on the Complicit Clergy website, which is where I got his original letter from. Let me know what you thought of this story in the comments, please, and like and subscribe if you haven't. It really does help. As always, pray for the church, especially in these times. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.